There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a huge welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Great to be back with you again for another week. And today we're going to be talking about growing reputation and uh, worthiness. And a reputation, I mean, if you think about that at the moment uh, with what's going on there's a real opportunity here to build our reputations isn't there during this time and a lot of people will be looking out there as as, as to how we're behaving in our environments and around our our workplaces or um, you know and it's really important right now to be just taking this time I think in this unusual period to be really thinking through life and thinking through um, what your your vision is and uh, maybe looking at your business model and to see how that maybe uh, can be adapted uh, to um, to really kind of move into the, a new kind of world where we need to look at how we can maybe do things a bit differently to enable us to thrive. And that involves uh, lots of ser- personal soul searching and also uh, considering out there how we can help in this very unusual uh, time. Um, so I'm uh, delighted to uh, be welcoming a, a great guest again onto the show today. We've got uh, Mike Mooney. Uh, we're going to be talking about, as I mentioned, growing reputation and worthiness. And and this show is really is about helping you to elevate your your thinking to another level and to help you to look inside yourself, um, take some um, personal development. It's important we keep on developing and developing ourselves but also then to, with a view to elevating our businesses. My work helps me to work with leaders and work with, with people in organizations to elevate their thinking and elevate their businesses and build really highly engaged workforces that are both high-performing but also have uh, the future in mind and the environment in mind, but also are continuously improving you know, their efficiency in the way that they do things. Um, and today is um, going to be, I think, a very, very helpful conversation with Mike. I say we are going to talk about reputation, but also Mike is doing something, um, has changed roles to be doing something very worthy, I think. And uh, we would need to explore that today because I think that idea of reputation, but also this other point about actually how do we contribute in this uh, post-COVID world, uh, I think is an important one. So in stressful times, we can find our reputation is um, put into a vulnerable position. And it's interesting, I think, to think about the key ideas that we, we must consider to protect our businesses. And we might want to consider as well pivoting our careers um, to do more worthy work. Now, Mike Mooney has uh, been, he's one of only three people who have been on the show three times. And I should mention David Heiner last week, who was one of those other other people, other, other three uh, guests who've uh, been on three times. That's the kind of record out of 377 shows. Uh, and David talked about teenagers last week and how to 
how to deal with teenagers was a fantastic conversation with lots of great feedback. Um, so I'm expecting that we'll, this today will be will be similar. Now, Mike is um, a branding expert. He is um, a reputation expert. He's held senior level posts over 25 years in the fast paced and high pressured, uh, very high profile world of motorsports. Um, was where we, we first interviewed him uh, when he was uh, working in that environment. And he now speaks coaches and consults with individuals, leaders to help them really shift and proactively manage the way they add value and build their brands and reputations in this very, very highly connected world. Today's also um, a key focus for him is as chief marketing officer of Pocono Organics, one of the largest regenerative organic farms in North America. So we're going to discuss some um, tips around reputation and thoughts, and we'll have a consider as well um, in parallel with Mike's new uh, role at uh, Pocono Organics about uh, this idea of worthiness, and um, we'll find out a bit about what they're doing as well into uh, kind of shift the way we we consume and eat and 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 manage our immune systems in this new world. Mike, huge welcome, welcome back. Chris, thank you so much for having me, my friend. I mean, hey, a three-peat, a three-peat, brother. I am, uh, I am honored. I am honored to uh, to be with such elite company to uh, to come back to your show, and and this is going to be a lot of fun. I've really been looking forward to it. No, you're yeah, absolutely uh, very, very welcome. Great to have you. Um, our guest last week, um, David, just to show you, sorry, Mike, just to show you the sort of uh, level of. Uh, of individual experience that you are part of being in one of only three um my guest last week has spoken on stage for over a million people which i think is pretty, pretty oh impressive <laughs> <laughs> wow okay so i'll be standing in the shadows over here then that that's that's very impressive thank you my friend thank you yeah, it's pretty impressive so wow. you might tell us a bit then about you know how's how's lockdown been for you and uh, what's been What's been, you know, what's been happening for you with this new sort of situation, and what's your perspective on it all? What, what do you uh, see? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, Chris. I I, uh, I heard a great phrase about about the situation that we're in, and and I think it really it really hits to, to the, the the core that you know we're all in the same storm, but we're just happen to be in different boats, and 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 this pandemic is is hitting everybody, but in just different ways, and and I can tell you from from my perspective. I, you know, I've seen a lot of change, not only in, in my business, uh, but also just in, in my, my life in general, where it's provided an opportunity to uh, to really, you know, reprioritize uh, things in my life, you know, uh, and I think a lot of us are finding that. You had mentioned in, in the intro about the current landscape and how, you know, this really is a time for people to be more introspective and people, I believe, are looking at what is truly important to them now versus having been on the hamster wheel, we'll say. I mean, I feel like this is this has really you know, stopped the hamster wheel for many people. It's forced them into a state of of, of reflection in some cases. Uh, but I, I think that all depends on on your perspective, and and that's where, for me, I've I've really you know not even just looking at my business, but again, I've taken this time for me personally to really work on mindset and perspective, and and how is this. How is this time going to be uh, an accelerant for me? How is it going to be a catalyst for me? And and the, the leaders I speak to, that seems to be a reoccurring theme of of not only where are we going, how are we going to get there, 
but as leaders leading people saying, how, how am I leading my team to this new place? Am I equipped to do that? Because I'm going through the same questions and the same challenges and the same anxiety and fear and frustrations as so many of them. So, you know, I'm seeing a lot of commonality in there, uh, but I'm also seeing great opportunity uh, for not only where we can go, but also how mindset is going to, uh, to help us in this recalibration. Yeah. I was talking a couple of weeks ago to a very a leader of a, a large organization that I, I very much respect and uh, has been a client for, for many years. And you know, he was just saying, he was talking to me about what he'd done. We hadn't caught up since this situation happened. And he was explaining all the measures that he put in place in his company and saying what an absolute honor it's been to to lead people through this very very challenging period and yeah. i think it's uh, you know it's interesting isn't it to think about that actually that you know to be in that position as you say a lot of people are very very concerned and to be able to keep your head while other people are maybe losing theirs and it, it is um it is a, a, a unusual situation but one that people are never going to forget you for are they how you yeah. behaved in that in that moment it, it's true you know there are times in our lives and i think there are only a handful of them where they're sort of lightning in the bottle experiences where it, it can be uh, a springboard to again propel you forward or it could become uh, an anchor or a weight to to hold you down and, and keep you back and and i believe that this is one of those opportunities this is one of those times for leaders to be able to step up and step in, even in the face of hesitation, uh, of, of fear of, am I making the right decision? You know, uh, I remember reading a quote that said, even even the right decision made too late is still wrong. So I think people as leaders need to be thinking about the decisions we're making, how we're making them, and then, you know, again, how are we showing up for our teams to to be seen as those leaders. I, I love I love how you how you position that of taking people from one place to another because that's truly what leadership is. It, it's it's casting a vision. It's showing them the way, even when you're not so sure that it could be the right way. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yes. And doing it with uh, with confidence. But you're you're mm. right. At the moment, it's uh, you know we we see this by the way governments have been have been handling things and. You know how their reputation is now being impacted yeah. by the way that they handle things, and you, that that quote you said there, I can't, can't quite remember the exactly the terms, but making the right decision at the wrong time is the wrong is, is wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen people dither, haven't we? And it's it's cost lives. Well, it, it has been, and, and look, you know, there's so many things that are going through my head with this right now, Chris. You know, where where for for leaders, there's opportunity, and I keep saying that word opportunity, but I think where people uh, get hung up is that there isn't a playbook. There's there's no playbook for this. This is this is new for all of us. And again, you know, this is a chance for for leaders to lean into their teams, their people, to empower them, to rally them as best they can. And I'm not talking about being Pollyanna and the sky is is always blue and there are always rainbows and, and unicorns. There there's there's a part of being of, of a leader of being real, of being realistic and being transparent, uh, where we are feeling these similar things, but being bold enough in the face of of those fears to act and act as best you can 
based upon the values of, of the leader themselves, the values of the organization, uh, being human, recognizing that that there is a lot of pain happening right now in, in a lot of different aspects of people's lives. So th- this truly is for for a show like this and a conversation like we're having, Chris, and the work that you're doing to elevate leaders uh, in this world, this is a crucial time for all of us. And and if we aren't taking this time seriously to lean into our leadership, to be able to f- see a way to to bring us to another level, then I think we're missing out. We're missing out. And that's, and that's not being opportunistic. I want to be really clear. I'm not talking about being opportunistic in leadership and power. I'm talking about the opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. I think you're absolutely right. I think it, it is. It, it, I think everybody has to, has to take a good, hard look at themselves. And, and you know, particularly people who've amassed a lot over the years and, and controlled a lot. And, uh, you know, there might be a bigger picture we don't understand about why this has happened and why it's forced us all to take a good look at ourselves and our behavior and where it's taken us. So I think it's fascinating um, having, you know, since we last spoke, you've you've got involved in a, playing a, a senior chief marketing role for Pocono Organics. And it sounds really, really fascinating because you're in this uh, fast-paced world of, uh, of <laughs> motor racing, the NASCAR with uh, right. Fenway when we first met. And yeah, and, and it yeah. feels to me like you've, you know, you're moving to something that was, was worthy in its own way, but, but you've moved to this uh, organization that's doing something quite special in this era. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I, I honestly, I feel I'm, I'm very grateful since making the pivot out of motorsports. You know, I wanted to build a practice where it would allow me to to work in the areas where I, I'm passionate about. And, you know, my my, my speaking and coaching work uh, around reputation and leadership and, and personal brand uh, development uh, has been fantastic. But on the consulting side, um, you know, I, I hooked up with, with a great group of people. Actually, I'd known them. So, so the family that uh, that owns uh, Pocono Organics are the same that own Pocono Raceway. So I've known them through my racing career. And when I made my pivot, uh, they reached out to me and, and said, hey, you know, we are, we're going to be starting a regenerative organic farm. And we would love uh, for you to help us do that. And at the time, it was the founder uh, and myself that were doing this. So it truly was starting at like, um, I wouldn't even call it the grassroots level. We didn't have grass yet. It was like in, in the dirt, you know, and uh, trying to to build a brand and a company around the idea of um, regenerative organic farming practices and the idea that food uh, can be used as medicine. It is a healing property uh, that we should all be mindful of. Uh, and also shining a light on on what I really believe we're all seeing now through the, the COVID pandemic, a, a very broken and antiquated food system. Mm. Uh, so so what, th- this, this sort of um, focus, uh, are we saying that with these organics, they, you know, it, this can help us to, by eating, um, better foods more and, and more biodiverse foods we can help our immune systems so Do yeah yeah it, it, that's what we're saying but it starts it starts before the food and that's the difference right now in the in the world of, of organics uh, it's a very muddled market you say organic well what the heck does that even mean there's so many different variations and people are slapping organic labels on things and and you know regenerative organic is a different 
level of organic farming. And it gets back to the the practice of farming, uh, which starts with the soil. And it started with a gentleman by the name of J.I. Rodale uh, here in, in the United States in Kutztown, Pennsylvania, of all places. And in 1947, he drew out a simple little equation on a blackboard that basically he wrote, healthy soil equals healthy food equals healthy people. And that is a premise that goes all the way back, I mean, thousands of years in in medicine, where there are notes of doctors who would see patients and would ask, where where do you come from? What is the soil in your region like? Because they knew there was a connection between the soil health and the food health, and therefore the health of the individual that is eating it. And if you look at what we're eating today with GMO food, the processing, uh, the conventional farming with pesticides, et cetera, uh, it's clear to see why uh, we're having the health issues that, that, uh, that we're experiencing. Wow. So, so yeah, so, so the soil is key then. So soil is key. And, and in a regenerative organic, it takes out the aquaponics and hydroponics. That's all the water base. This is all about soil. And the beauty of it uh, is that not only is it now producing healthier, more nutrient-dense food, Chris, the practice itself is regenerating the earth. It's regenerating and healing our earth. And that is a very, very important mission uh, that we should all be mindful of because at the current rate, the UN had a study that came out that said we basically have about five more, I'm sorry, 50 more planting seasons until the, the earth's soil is completely diminished from the nutrients it needs to grow the foods as people oh, we need to survive. Oh, my word. So it, it, it's alarming, and I don't want to sound alarmist, but it is, it is real. It is absolutely real, and this is a practice that you'll be hearing more about. Brands like Patagonia, uh, Dr. Bronner's, and Rodale Institute are creating a, uh, a certification called a Regenerative Organic Certification. That's going to be a, it's a global uh, program that more farmers and, and more media will be picking up on uh, coming up in, in the next few months. They're already reporting on it now, but it, it takes time to transition farms from conventional over to regenerative organic. And the beauty of, of Pocono and where we started from, from the beginning, we partnered with Rodale Institute from day one. So we are regenerative organic uh, in every aspect of, of our farming. Wow. This is important. Important. Thank, thank you. We're going to go to commercial break now. We'll be back again in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? 
Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Mike Mooney, and we've been talking about about well, we've got we've got on to talk about the regenerative organic farming, and I, I can't help you know I can't help thinking actually that uh, you know there's some reputations of people around the world who um, ought to be um, you know in in um, in quite some turmoil because Mike was telling me uh, some really fascinating stacks sorry information about uh, about the in a situation with soil when he mentioned before the break 15 more only 15 more planting soil seasons um before we're not unable to grow the kind of foods you need to grow and he was showing some more stats with me during the break maybe you'd like to share some of that well absolutely and and chris ju- just to, to back up real quick is it it around 50 50 uh, more, more planting oh sorry planting 15, seasons no that's okay that, that that's all right that's all right uh, but the <laughs> the other the other interesting part to this is you know uh as, as we're looking at the vulnerability that we as humans have right now because of our reliance on on food is that we are we're got a glow a growing global population and yet with that uh, we're losing our 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 farmlands so the, the idea is how do we how do we create spaces that are going to promote agrobiodiversity uh, and at the same time uh, be able to have farms that can create nutrient-dense food. It's not about having to, to, to grow more food. It's about growing the right kind of nutrient-dense food that, that's already here with us. So the soil, again, that I keep going back to that is the key because you know, according to, to the, the stu- studies out there, it takes uh, nearly a thousand years for the earth to create one inch of topsoil, and yet we're losing anywhere from 30 to 40 soccer fields of topsoil a minute because of of um, the types of farming that we're doing right now. We're talking about deforestation. We're talking about expansions and and uh, commercial growth and things of that nature. So, you know, this is this is an issue that we should all be thinking about, and it's and it goes beyond the idea of just. Am I eating organic food or am I eating conventional food? Because that's typically where people's decisions are in in the um, in the grocery store. But what this pandemic has really uh, put a light to, Chris, is when people go to the grocery store and that food's not there. And suddenly they look at the food system and they say, wait a minute, why can't we get the food that we need? And we're seeing people right now that are reconnecting not only with different foods, but also their food sources on a local level. So they are going out to the farm stands. They are meeting their the local farmers. There's a beautiful, a beautiful connection that, that's being made right now that I don't think would have been made on its own, pun intended, organically, um, had there not been 
for for th- this pandemic that that's really pushed us into into this place. Yeah, I think that's been fascinating. The sort of local local kind of sustainability. We, we've had in a local farmer delivered us a huge sack of potatoes a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Uh, we yeah. never ordered them, considered ordering them from a local farmer, and maybe he didn't right. deliver direct before. But right. uh, uh, and and butchers and vegeta- vegetable shops and things like that are starting to, you know, collaborate together and doing joint deliveries and things like that yes. locally. Yes, and, yes. Um, and uh, yeah, the whole world is we're we're finding it fascinating. My kids are loving it locally. People are, you know, recycling their old. Um, things that they don't want in the house because having clear outs and and, yeah. and and you know swaps are happening all over the place. They, they are, they are, and it, it, it's beautiful. I mean, the exploration of the food as as well. I mean, when you think about that, sixty percent of our daily caloric intake come from four foods. I mean, and and there are thousands of different foods that are that are that we've forgotten about that that people just don't have access to. So, you know, truly for Pocono Organics, our mission is to be a global hub for research, education and discovery where we're inspiring people and healing the earth. And that that is for us um, just not only an exciting uh, an exciting mission, but but something that we are 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 proud to to play a part in. Uh, within North America, uh, again being the, one of the largest regenerative organic farms there, but also in in the ways that we can connect with people and bring them closer to the story, so that they can then take it home and integrate it into their lives. Well, and there's a I, I was reading the press release that you wrote, which I recommend people go to uh, Pocono Organics website and read the uh, the uh, press release, recent one from you, because you you also share in there about the you know, the founder, how, how this came about really in terms of yeah. your own health. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's interesting, Chris. And, and I think this is true in, in many people's lives that, that, you know, opportunity is often disguised in misfortune. The difference in it being opportunity or misfortune is truly your perspective. Again, my opinion on, on this, but in, in this case, uh, our founder, Ashley Walsh, uh, she's a third generation uh, in, in her family business. As I had mentioned, uh, her family owns Pocono Raceway. Her grandparents, uh, who were both doctors, built a racetrack. Uh, and she, as being third generation, was involved in it, but she, in her late uh, 20s, early 30s, was diagnosed with gastroparesis, which if you're familiar with it, you know, if not, it basically means that she has a paralyzed stomach and that she can't digest food as you and I would, Chris. She basically, she's got a Vitamix and she has to puree everything uh, so that her body can can digest it. But the the challenge was when she was diagnosed with this, the, the uh, Western doctors all said, oh, hey, we can take care of you. Not a problem. We're just going to cut out parts of your stomach. We'll put you on feeding tubes. We've got a bunch of medication that uh, you can start taking for the rest of your life, and uh, and and you'll be. I'm using air quotes here. You'll be fine. Uh, but you know, for for I think for any of us that you hear that, it's a very daunting prescription. Uh, and for her, she wasn't going to take that as as uh, what her her life would be. So she turned to an organic diet, she uh, organic lifestyle, and. In her words, she realized that the the results were were undeniable. Instead of being sick five days a week, she was sick five days a month. Uh, you know, and, and she saw how 
food could be used as medicine, could be something that uh, was going to not have to have a rely upon medications that are going to cause other side effects. Because how many people, Chris, I mean, you know, you take one medication that leads to having to take another medication to deal with the side effects from the first medication. It's, it, it's just a domino effect. So that's really uh, was, was where she sat back and said, okay, how can, how can we do this for others? How can we produce food for others to see the benefits of this nutrient-dense uh, food food source? And uh, fortunately, her family was blessed with uh, a lot of land around the racetrack, and she went to the board and proposed this idea of starting a farm. And they, they approved it, and it started as a 50-acre farm. We grew to 90 acres, and we recently uh, acquired another uh, lot that brings us to over 380 acres uh, of land right now, uh, where we'll be growing in partnership with Rodale Institute. They are the the global leaders uh, of regenerative organic farming. So again, everything we're doing is uh, adhering to their high standards and qualities and, and making sure that we're doing right by the food, our customers, uh, and, and the earth. Wow. Amazing. amazing. It, it, it's, really, it's inspiring. It really is inspiring. This isn't and the pace that you're doing that as well, and I can see you've, uh, you've already, <laughs> already kind of got a little hotel there, which I guess probably was there for the racing, was it? But you've also it, it, experiences, it and people can people can yeah. have nice food, and you've, you've created uh, you know a little bit of kind of theatre and education, and and you know around this recreation. It, it is, Chris. You know, and, and that was the beauty of of, uh, of of converging, like you know, the intersection of of race fans uh, and and an organic farm is not not a place that people would think they'd find themselves at. You know, because you know the, the track would get anywhere from you know one hundred seventy five thousand to two hundred fifty thousand people going to the races uh, each year. So we also saw that as an opportunity to and a platform to educate people and give them literally a taste of of what this food could be because you have people that are camping for three four days at a time and and we're not saying that look don't enjoy your comfort foods when you're at at the event have you know have your burgers you know have the turkey legs whatever it is but hey if you want an option you know, for for maybe some sweet potato fries, or or you know, um, some some quinoa or asahi or some other some other types of foods, and then it's here for you. It doesn't have to be an either or conversation, which I think a lot of people look at food choices. It's either this or that. We're saying it can be and. So we want to be the place where they have an opportunity to experience it uh, firsthand. And then to your point with the hotel uh, being there, now we have the opportunity for agritourism events where we can be a hub and host location uh, for wellness uh, and food events. We've got a, um, a, uh, a cafe, organic cafe and market where uh, there's a show here on the Food Network called Chopped, and uh, we've got a Chopped Champion Chef. Uh, that's our executive director. We'll be in there uh, cooking and putting on, uh, you know, cooking lessons and events and things of that nature. So we're really looking at this as being, like I said, it, it's a hub for research, education, and discovery through experiences, not just farming. Wow. Hey, would you would you come over sometime, Chris? You have an open you have an open invitation. We'd love to have you. Well, thank you. I'd I'd love to. I'd love to when when we're allowed to. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But you have an open invitation, my friend. All right, anytime, anytime. Thank you. No, I'd love to. It'd be fascinating. So, um, so li- linking linking to this, um, mm-hmm. it seems to me that you know from this, you know, this racetrack, 
uh, and uh, this you know this idea that uh, Ashley had with the health and 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 you hold all this land and you turn it into an organic farm and it's it's growing and growing and it feels like the reputation can only be growing around your your business and mm. I'm sort of interested in what what is what is reputation for you and and you've written you've written um, your book uh, on um, on reputation. Um, on the reputation shift, five high-performance truths. That's uh, part of your sort of background. But how does this link to reputation? And Dan, well, maybe we can talk about a few ideas for people right now to to develop the reputation in this uh, strange period. Right, right. And uh, I, I think it's, a, it's a great segue. You're good at you're good at this, Chris. I mean, you've only done a couple of these shows, right? I've done a couple. Of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, you know, for us, when, when Ashley and, and I were, were looking at this uh, two years ago and getting it going, we knew from the beginning that our reputation was everything, uh, especially being a startup. And we, we needed to do a couple of things. One uh, was going to be understanding our values and always operating from a place that was values centered, hands down. Our decisions, our interactions, uh, the words we used, all of that had to come from from who we were and the values of the organization. Secondly, we knew that we had to align ourselves with organizations or partners who equally had strong reputations because that creates what you know I write about in my book as, as the halo effect of you know of, of your organization based on those who are around you. So we worked very hard to ensure that from day one, uh, people knew what our intentions were. They knew what our values were, uh, and that the people we were, were integrating or interacting with, like Rodale Institute, they were really the first group uh, that that we aligned with. And because of their strong reputation within the regenerative organic space, and the fact that we were connected in, in a satellite farm of theirs, suddenly that truly helped our reputation. Like I said, that's the halo effect being brought to life. That allowed us then to go out and start having other conversations with other brands, I mean, global organizations that sometimes we'd sit there and go, why are they talking to us? We, 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 we just started this farm you know, a, a year and a half ago, 18 months ago, two years ago, but it's because of the company that we're keeping, the, the word that we keep and the actions that we're living out on a daily basis that's helping to build, strengthen, and, and make our reputation vibrant. So it's creating gravity for us. It's actually pulling people into us uh, much faster than had we just gone out uh, to be a, a farm and tried to do it on our own. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so so then that's that's key, isn't it? It builds on you're building on the reputations of of others as well. Uh, who've got um, combined kind of value sets. It, so, it is, it is. You know, I always say like your reputation. People get too too wadded up in you know formalities of of what does this mean, what does that mean, and I I believe simply that a reputation is what other people say about you when you're not there to speak about yourself, yeah. and. In this case here, we again, we were just being very mindful of the company we keep uh, and thereby helping to, you know, really build our brand on that and around those who we, were, we always call it mission minded. We're, we're, we're in the same mission field with them. Yeah, uh, great. And it feels like uh, it's an incredible amount of momentums being being built up. What would, um, What tips would you give to people? Other people right now, and there's I mean some good ones there about you know, linking with others who are value cent- value centered and 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 mission minded and 
having mentoring your partners have got strong reputations as well as yours so we've only got a couple of minutes to commercial break that's coming afterwards but thinking about it you've got a 20 page document you wrote what are, what are you know one or two of the key points that we, we we should maybe be talking about now before we um we, we close in then sort of 15 20 minutes yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, the, the resource book I put together was actually right uh, in the in the beginning of when COVID nineteen started to uh, to really uh, you know present itself on on a much more global and, and prevalent level, and it, it struck me that as leaders, uh, I, our reputations could be built or broken in times of crisis. So yes, I I put a uh, an ebook together that I wanted to share with people in, in the areas of of how we're building. Well, actually, just making them more aware that we are we're building our reputations every day. We're earning those reputations every single day by what we say, what we do, how we interact, our decisions, et cetera. So again, you know, first and foremost, values based, we need to start there. I think secondly, you need to make sure that you have what I call spotters around you, the people in your life who see things, see the different aspects of your life that are willing to tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. You know, I mean, I use that from the racing, my racing uh, experience, where one of the most vital roles on the race team is not the driver, it's not the pit crew, it, it, it's not the crew chief. It's a person who stands high atop the racetrack property, who has binoculars and a radio communication with the driver. So as the driver is solely focused on their goal of competing on the track and passing competitors and blocking others, it's that spotter who's telling them what's in their blind spots and the places they can't see that if they were to get up into could take them and others out of the race. So using that analogy, we're all drivers, aren't we, Chris? We're all drivers in our business and in our lives. So it's important that we have people who can see in our blind spots. And those tend to be magnified in times of crisis because our emotions come into play as well. So I would say, you know, in the time we have before break, you know, the two key points are going to be make sure that you're grounded in your values and living them out daily. And then making sure that you've got the support team. You have your spotters there in your life that are going to speak the truth into you to keep you out of wrecks, to keep you in the race and help you win. It's so true because it's so it's so difficult. We were very, we're all very good at spotting things in other people, but it's almost <laughs> often almost impossible to spot those things in yourself. Exactly um, right. As others can. So, we'll be back again in just a couple of minutes. We'll we'll continue with this exciting conversation and uh, and thought provoking one. And uh, yeah, if you've got any questions or comments as well, feel free to send them across to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. I'll share things with Mike as well. Um, and if you've got any questions, we'll be delighted to answer them. Um, so we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. 
Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Mike Mooney. And we're talking about about reputation, but we're also talking about um, kind of worthiness. And uh, we were talking about, and Mike's working with um, Pocono Organics uh, and you know, who've got a, a great set of values and are doing some really kind of revolutionary work, which is very salient, new uh, environment that we find ourselves in and um, I'm kind of interested Mike if um, you know in terms of at the moment I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of lots of communication from people <laughs> so, uh, a lot and uh, and there's a little bit me almost I mean I, I obviously I communicate a lot through my webinars and through through this sort of program but I, I've not been adding too much in terms of tons and tons of written communication into the ether at the moment because there's just so much so much uh, going so much kind of people with more time on their hands and connecting and writing things I'm wondering you know is there a bit of is there a danger of there being a fatigue towards all this at the moment or do you think it's does you think it really does enhance your reputation by doing it <laughs> but uh, enhance is your question is it uh, a reputation builder to uh, to to burn people out with too much communication i, I i'd say no uh, <laughs> and i know that wasn't your question man um no it, it is true it is true because right now if you think about the 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 sheer volume of emails that are coming in and people feeling that because now they can't just walk down the hall uh or, or what have you um there are more emails there are more updates coming out because there's more you know uh, news being delivered on a daily basis how does it impact the company how does it impact my role my job and so yes communication fatigue is absolutely real and and the the impact of it are, are people literally tuning out and tuning out to important messages is only going to be a, re- a recipe for disaster during a crisis. So you know I often suggest when when I'm I'm coaching and and talking with leaders is that we've got a again back to my racing days we've got a huge huge toolbox when it comes to communicating but. Oftentimes, we only rely on one or two tools in there. So using that analogy, Chris, I would I often uh, offer up the suggestion of when you as a leader are communicating with customers, your employees, your key stakeholders, whomever it is, look at the message and think about, you know, is this message best delivered by email? Is it best delivered through a, a recorded voicemail system? Is it better recorded if I shot a 30-second video so they could see my face, hear my, my voice? Maybe 
this particular communication, because it's heavy in statistics and, and numbers, is better served in a infographic or some type of graphic treatment. So, you know, my my advice and my encouragement to leaders is to look at your communications and think about what is the diversity and way that you can say and share this that's going to reduce fatigue but keep people attentive to your message and understanding what their call to action is. Yeah. That's a very good good point. I received a, a good communication this week from an organization that I'm, I've had, had a little bit of involvement in the past, which is a value center around uh, culture. And they've done some, uh, done some um, big kind of research around uh, the current um, situation, people's attitudes and values and beliefs and things. And, mm-hmm. and they summarized it quite in a very short, succinct way in an infographic. And I thought that worked really well, actually, rather yeah. than issuing in you know, a huge, huge, long, long report to, to read. That's so I, I sort of paid, paid note to that. I thought that was kind of a good way to, a good way to deal with it. Uh, that, uh, you're absolutely right. And and I think there's other ways just to remember that, you know, think about headlines and bullet points. Okay. So instead of, and, you know, Chris, I don't know how many emails you get. How many, well, let me ask you, how many emails do you get a day these days? Well, I've been, haven't up, up until recently been good at um, setting up filters and I've moved to a new system and I'm a bit, <laughs> okay. I'm struggling a little bit at the moment. I'm probably getting yeah. 80 or something like that. Right. Um, 80. Yeah. So, so if if you open one up and you look at the email that's got suddenly, because typically we'll take a we'll open it up and maybe you scroll down to kind of get an idea how long is this, which then is like how much time is it going to take me, and then I start prioritizing should I read it now or do I look at it later, right? Uh, and if you see an email that literally looks like a novel, what's your first reaction to that? Uh, it, it's uh, usually it's uh, usually to move on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but but what if I, what if what if one of the sentences in there was Chris? I'm going to give you a million dollars if you would just hit reply yes, and you totally well, missed it. Well, well right? I, I think I think you're somebody. Yeah, but I was thinking somebody was spamming me from uh, North Africa or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I need is your bank account right. number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've got twelve million dollars. Yeah. We'd like to you to look after for for a just, while for us. just a little while. <laughs> just just a little while, if you don't mind. But you know yeah. the. the the point, the point in that in that analogy, Chris, is that you know if you may have four or five paragraphs of information that you have to share, again, I'd encourage you to think about what is the headline of that paragraph, and can I break it into four tight bullet points, and yeah. then the next paragraph do the same thing—a headline and some bullet points. So again, you're getting the information across. You're just doing it in a way that's going to help people manage their communication flow. And again, I know that's really in, in the weeds, and, and that's super, super tactical. But what I've learned uh, over you know the years that I, I've been been coaching and and working with leaders is sometimes what we think is is obvious and simple isn't because we're we're focused on so many different things. So again, I just share those very tactical thoughts to to help leaders today make sure that their communication is crisp, effective, and impactful. Well, one question that's coming up for me right now, linked to as we're coming towards um, bringing the show to a close, is is this idea of you know looking at our business models at the moment and really really thinking about are they suitable and have we got any health issues right now for amongst within our business which uh, is impacting our ability to sort of survive and thrive but also i'm intrigued by this whole area of worthiness it, it almost feels at the moment that we needed a pattern interrupt into to interrupt oh. our, be, our behavior you yeah. know the 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 the, the 
greed and the excess versus the you know poverty of others and uh, and the way that the environment is being impacted you've given examples of the in the soil um which is just um astonishing 50 years not 15 but <laughs> even so 50 is still kind of startling absolutely should should people be taking a serious look at their business and say actually am i am i operating in a worthy way a way that um you know, reflects me appropriately as a human being and the contribution that I want to make or um, I mean, have we just been extracting cash from our customers? I mean, I'm just interested in this. Should we, should we be going back to the core of our businesses and, and thinking how, how do we fit in in a world that needs to change? Oh, gosh, I, I love that. I love that, Chris. And my answer is I, I, hope, I hope so. I truly hope so. Yeah, I, I've seen a similar thing, uh, you know, experiences here over over in, in the U.S. where, um, you know, I'm looking out my my office window and I'm at first I'm like, what are those things that are going by? Oh, oh, those are families and kids walking. Those are kids on bikes. You know, I, we're we're seeing people looking at their lives differently, which I do believe, to your point, is making them look at their business differently. And many are looking at this this shift from. Uh, being transactional, which is your your point of what money and, and revenue and currency am I extracting through this transaction versus looking at it from a relational standpoint of how am I how am I you know creating worth and value and impact for others and and it sounds again very very uh, simple to say that if you are providing value and impact and a service that is making people's lives better. Uh, that that the the revenue will follow if you have a sound model to 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 back that up. But I do hope, Chris, that that people are taking a look back to to realize that that it's not just about the bottom line. Or in some cases, maybe you look at it as what they call the the triple bottom line, which is about yes, your financial, but also for your people and also the environment. Yeah, you know, maybe that maybe that is a better way to look at the business. For those the, those who are saying, well, I, I know, Mike, it's great you're talking about building greater relationships, but I still need to make money. Yes, you do. I, I understand that. But perhaps people look at that triple line approach as, as a model that might better suit uh, where their hearts and their minds are these days. Yeah. So so, so you said people, uh, planet in terms of environment. Yeah. And, um, and, and then the business itself. Yeah. And the business itself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I like this um, the sort of idea of people, planet, profit. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, that, that's it. You know, the, the, I, I think the it's, it's an important, important message, isn't it? So we're coming yeah. towards the the end of our, our conversation today, and uh, I'd have loved to have gone more into some of this with you. How, um, what, you know, what sort of final messages and thoughts do you have really to to leave people with that? Uh, you know, helps them with um, building reputation, but also has them considering about how, you know, how worthy is the work and how can they, you know, add, add, add to that moving forward. Chris, I, I would, I would say, I would say this, uh, that one of the hallmarks and cornerstones of building reputation is mindset. And for leaders, for individuals, mindset is, is just a paramount uh, aspect of, of our lives that we should all be looking at. And at times when when we feel that the, the external is out of control, the, the things that we uh, are used to having, our routines and, and our, our workflow and our travel, when that's disrupted and our sense of control is lost, 
you know, it, it's, it's human nature to look for other places to control things in our lives. And I don't know about you, buddy, but, you know, in, in my time on this earth, the, the more I've tried to control things around me, the more of a mess I've absolutely made, <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it never turns out the way that I want it to turn out. You know, it's almost like that futile effort of trying to you know, grab uh, two handfuls of sand and, and, and cup sand. It just falls through your finger, you know, finger cracks and, and spills. So where, where I would encourage, uh, again, your audience and, and leaders, entrepreneurs and people to be thinking about with mindset and control is to approach the world not from the outside in of what's happening out there and how it's impacting us internally, but how are we working from the, from the inside out? How are we meeting the world? So where I'm going there is that, in my opinion, Chris, there are really only three things that we can control, and that's our attitude, our decisions, and our behaviors. That's it. That's absolutely it. And if we are working from a value-centered place, again, you keep hearing me say value-centered, right? I mean, that that is just a, a vital piece of, of living and for authentic living, building reputation, building leadership, building credibility. If you come from that values-centered space for you, and that's guiding your attitude, your decisions, and your behavior. That's all that you can really put into play. The rest, then, is how you react to what's happening in the world around you. So I, I would encourage you uh, and, and others to really think about control and controlling from the inside out with those three areas. Wow, Mike, been wonderful talking to you again. Uh, absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, what, what a great a great story, lots of great thoughts. I, my mind is buzzing at the moment with uh, <laughs> with ideas from this. So, so thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. And, and again, you know, I, I've, I've said it to you before, Chris, thank you for the work you're doing with this show. Uh, I know it, it, it's a labor of love, but, but it's, it's necessary uh, that, that you're, you're speaking into and feeding people. You're inspiring leaders and generations to come through the work. So, so thank you for all the effort and, and the impact and, and the worthiness that you're bringing to life through the show. I really do, do appreciate it. Thank you. So, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And if you want to find out more about Mike Mooney, go to MikeMooney.com. Uh, to find out about Pocono, Pocono Organics, go to PoconoOrganics.com. And, uh, and you can go to main online booksellers to check out Mike's book, Reputation Shift, Five High Performance Truths. On next week's show, we've got Bruce Craven. We're going to talk about his book, Win or Die, Leadership Secrets from the Game of Thrones. So that's going to be interesting to find out why people follow, follow Jon Snow into battle and what makes Tyrion Lannister such an effective advisor. So if you're into Game of Thrones... Uh, I need to get into it pretty quick in the next week. Uh, and uh, <laughs> do join us for that one. Any questions, comments, send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. And Mike Mooney, once again, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.